0: I open with wisdom from the Reverend Mark Morrison Reed. He says, The central task of the religious community is to unveil the bonds that bind each to all. There is a connectedness, a relationship discovered amid the particular of our own lives and the lives of others. Once felt, it inspires us to act for justice. It is the church that assures us that we are not struggling for justice on our own, but as part of a larger community. The religious community is essential, for alone our vision is too narrow to see all that must be seen and our strength too limited to do all that must be done. Together, our vision widens and our strength is renewed. So I'm going to begin the sermon by kind of giving away the theology that's at the center of the service this Sunday. Let me tell you and affirm that every one of us is enough. Every one of us, every one of us is remarkable, powerful and precious just as we are. And what's also true is that when faced with the entirety of our existence and our place in the universe, that we aren't enough on our own. We can't be everything. We can't be all things. And that's okay. We are part of much more than just our little corner of the world, and of space, and time, and all that is. The theme from Soul Matters this month is Beloved Community. And I will share that it's a a personal theme for me. I spoke earlier this fall about how I first became aware of my part in the church where I grew up, a Unitarian Universalist, in Worcester, Massachusetts, and how I perceived that church as making space for me as a young child. My class was making houses in the midst where everybody was having coffee. And when I realized that they could see what I was creating, as well as I could see them, I was sold. I bought into that beloved community when I was young and in that particular moment but over time I also learned more about the nature of beloved community Um, one of the other names that it's known by is as the kingdom of God as Jesus talks about it in the Christian scriptures now in my particular Sunday school we did some study of Bible stories but Really, in the humanism of the congregation where I grew up, the language around the purpose of the church was not not so much drawn from the Bible. Rather, I had a lived experience of this purpose, of this beloved community, by being part of daily life. So many people made the congregation happen making coffee or teaching or taking care of the building and, of course, creating worship. So many people of multiple generations were all there together. This was the lived experience of building a beloved community. And what I also had absorbed was that this work was part of a much larger effort and that it was not about our immediate gratification. It was not about me, in essence. It certainly was a joy, and is a joy, to be seen um, seen by the congregation as a child, and also when I go back as an adult. It is a joy to be so seen. And the congregation, and our faith, and our All of our human institutions stretch far beyond us and behind us. The effort of creating a beloved community is both ephemeral and driving. It is wanting something that is just beyond the grasp. And there are so many moments when it is right here too is out there and in here all the time at the same time. Our charge is to bring it to life more often and more often as we can, and to more people, our congregation, our members, our children, and to the larger community beyond us. The beloved community transcends any faith or tradition, in fact. Um, As Victoria Safford says, it can be pursued through any practice, any perspective. We are cultivating this practice all the time. And our effort, our key way to kind of focus our um, attention and commitment to this creation is through covenant in our free church tradition we make our commitments to a beloved community and to each other through our promises covenant is our expression of those commitments and our motivation for making that happen we are a people freely gathered wanting to work together and covenant is both vision and motivation as reverend kim beach says The word covenant signifies a framework in which intentionality takes effect. And as Reverend Robert Latham says, that covenant is a compact among a group of people, states their mission, and how that mission will be transformed into reality by their life stewardship. Ministry, the creation that we do is covenant in action. So we take up this question of the beloved community and to understand it in this time and this place, it is part of one of the greatest things that we can do as people so gathered. The central task to which we commit ourselves and our congregations in covenant is this creation of beloved community. It is both in its more immediate neighborhood form as well as the larger sense that is all around us. Now, for Reverend Mark Morrison-Reed, who's reading I started the sermon, this central task is also personal. His statement about the central task of religious community is what comes to my mind in any conversation about it. It is uh, poetry and holy text for me all at once. As he says, there is a relationship discovered amid the particulars of our lives, the presence of which inspires us to act for justice, because alone our vision is too narrow, and together our vision widens and our strength is renewed. Part of why this particular text resonates for me is also knowing where Reverend Mark was coming from this central task, this religious community is personal to him as well. Uh, He is a black man who grew up in the Unitarian Church in Chicago in the 1950s. He is one of our elders in ministry and in Unitarian Universalism. And he has been present in this faith for nearly his entire life. He and his siblings were christened um, at the First Unitarian Society in Chicago. They were the first uh, black children to be so christened since the founding of the congregation in 1853. He was part of the church as Unitarian and as a Unitarian Universalist and showing up in the civil rights effort of the 1960s and how he also watched the congregation and our faith struggle through differences in how to handle racism in our society and how to be more inclusive in our congregations. Reverend Mark is one of our historians as well, who has traced the lines of black leadership in ministry and in our congregations as a whole. And he and his wife, Reverend Donna Morrison-Reed were co-ministers of congregations in their active careers. And I'll offer that I had the benefit, uh, the personal benefit, of his deeply pastoral presence when I had a hard time in one of my own major interviews in ministry. And I had the pleasure of knowing a member of his extended family in Alabama during my first ministry and knowing how wide the circle of Unitarian presence was in his family, just added to that experience. I say all this to give you a sense of Reverend Mark's experience when he speaks to that central task. He came of age in the intellectually focused Unitarianism, and he was a youth and young adult for whom church was home. And early in his ministry career, he found universalism and the message of love and grace that is available and just always there for all of us. But he also knows what it means to be alienated and discriminated against, because he was often one of the very few, if not the only person of color in the room, uh, in the room full of white universalists, a room full of colleagues, Everyone had a varying degree of awareness of systemic bias. His own growth and understanding um, as a black person in Unitarian Universalism is documented in his writings and his books and his conversations. Reverend Mark speaks from firsthand knowledge about how we need each other and how awareness of our relationships call us to act for justice. To act in this way it is that spiritual practice. These words, those words about the central task, they're in our hymnal, but they're not meant to be just this fixed sentiment on a page. They are meant to be lived. So in this time, in this moment, what is our work now? So in keeping with the task to widen our perspective and uh, merge our strength one with another, part of our effort includes getting to know our institutional challenges with bias. Now, a number of members, as well as Amy Popp, our credentialed religious educator, and myself, were participating in a major study of the report, Widening the Circle of Concern, Now, this report, this widening the circle, was created by the Commission on Institutional Change, and approved as an effort, as a study, by the delegates from congregations all across the country in 2017. In spring of 2017, bias showed up in hiring practices in our larger association, and. It was present to such a degree that our leaders and many members recognized the need for review and what changes might be recommended. So this commission conducted an extensive study of interviews and history, um, collecting stories of how people of color have been harmed in our association. And that report includes theology as well as describing what might we do differently? Now, last fall, uh, colleagues in our Unitarian Universalist congregations in central Illinois came up with the idea that we should engage with this program together um, to pool our resources. One, so that no one congregation would do all the work by itself, but also to set precedent and see what else we might do together, to change our practices of thinking, like we so often do, that we're just an independent congregation. This was a moment to do something differently and build relationship and recognize how much we are connected. And so now we all meet on Zoom from Peoria to Bloomington Normal to Springfield to Urbana to to, uh, Decatur. We would not necessarily meet like this, if not for the pandemic. And yet here is a way we can allow ourselves to be pushed forward into doing something differently, into a little bit of change, and discover new possibilities in the process. What we're doing with this study action guide of widening the circle It started with theology and governance, the foundations of what we believe and how we are organized. Now, Amy and I took on the task of putting together the first two sessions along with help from Reverend Marcus Foliano uh, around theology in particular. And I'm gonna let you know that each topic in this kind of 11 week experience, each topic is kind of like wrangling an iceberg into the serving size of a snow cone with 70 to 80 people for 90 minutes per week and we're working with five congregations each with its own leadership and culture and history but now we've gotten started And the planners are figuring out how to use the format and Zoom to have people talk with each other, share culture, ideas, and wanting models and examples of how we can do better. We're feeling called forward into that beloved community creation. For me, this widening the circle of concern study is our next effort in fulfilling our covenants with each other, with our history, and with our future. Knowing Reverend Mark Morrison-Reed and his Unitarian Universalist experience uh, and the Black and African American history he has brought to us, I feel like this is my part in widening that vision and in gathering strength. Those of us who are participating, will come away with more awareness and the hope to bring new practices back to our congregations. I am so grateful for everyone who is participating in every way that they can. And I'll say that even if you're not officially in the class, that the Widening the Circle of Concern report is available to everyone at the UUA website at no charge and you can listen to it as well as read it. This class, this particular uh, collaboration of congregations continues through April 1st. And I hope, I hope that everyone will be part of the conversations that come up as we conduct this course and as we figure out how to bring this back to the congregation once we're done. This is important and sacred work we do together in learning about our association in learning about ourselves and wondering what can we do in our effort to be more welcoming, to be more inclusive and to truly live the values that we proclaim. The beloved community is a practice. It is a place. And it is a possibility that lives lies just beyond us. Each of us has a part in creating this work, and we gather together because, because we must, if we are to have good companions for the cause. We gather together because we must, even when we disagree, even when we hurt each other. We find ways to regather again, because we need to remember that we are not alone. We make this circle of community ever wider for the world we create. That world is not for us per se, but for everyone. And we commit to the larger hope, the larger hope of our faith and how this vision can carry us forward into the new day that is to come. Let us go forth. Amen.